so weird not doing it in our space. I'm <laughs> used to the cameras. Hey everyone, welcome to VR Verdict Podcast, episode 137. I'm PJ. Um, here with Style Pigeon, talking about all things NFT and crypto. How's it going, sir? It's going great. I'm actually glad to be here. Um, even after all of the uh, errors that we had that ended us up, ended us up in Walkabout Mini Golf. <laughs> Long story there, we, we won't get into it, but uh, yeah, we're happy to be in this nice, cozy submarine. <laughs> um, yeah, currently being attacked by a giant squid, yeah. but he'll <laughs> leave us alone. We only need an hour, we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's great to talk to you, I've played with you guys in this game a lot, and um, it's our first time kind of one-on-one and all that, so it's great to do that. Um, but you're here to school Absolutely. me in NFTs, crypto. I literally, and I feel bad about this, I have zero idea about any of it. So, okay, well, that's, feel that's free actually to... awesome. I think that's a really good place to start because, um, you know, everybody sees a lot of media and news about crypto, but very few people actually take the time to, well, we say DYOR, right? <laughs> Do your own research and actually look into what the technology is and why everybody thinks it's going to be great. Um, and unfortunately, there are kind of two schools about that, right? There are like the, what I would call legitimate crypto people. And then there are also people who are in it just kind of to make some money. Yeah. And those two schools kind of go back and forth with, <laughs> well, one of them is always reported in the media and that's the people making a lot of money. That's sure. what everybody hears about. But they don't know about the people, you know, quietly stacking in the background. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny, like, uh, like I said, I played with you guys and your group. You have a great group, by the way. It's always fun to hang out. Um, but, yeah, I hopped right in, I don't know, probably six months ago or whatever. But you you, you said stacking. Like, yeah. you guys have all these terms. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but it sounds fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> so... Okay, so I didn't, I wasn't sure um, exactly where you were at with, uh, we'll call it Web3, <laughs> um, but why don't, why don't I uh, just go ahead and start, um, and you can ask questions along the way, and sure. I'll check in with you, make sure you're with me and all of that, <laughs> and we could just walk through the basics. Awesome. Okay, cool. So um, just for everybody at home, my name is Style Pigeon. Um, I've hang out with a group of NFT artists who are building some really cool Web3 stuff uh, in a uh, project called the Bitcoin Badgers. Um, and I also run a podcast called Gingerly, uh, which yeah. is a great show. We basically get together and try to do exactly what we're going to do tonight, which is gingerly introduce people into what we call Web3 and cryptocurrencies and all of the NFTs and all this crazy stuff that um, there's a lot of buzz about right now, but um, we try to take a very reasonable approach and we're very slow about things. My risk tolerance is through the roof, um, <laughs> uh, or sorry, actually really, really low. Like I don't have a high tolerance for risk at all. Uh, so I'm kind of the guy to ask the stupid questions and be like, is my money going to be okay? <laughs> um, I also do art as well. So I have a couple of NFT projects, which um, I'm sure we'll do all that stuff in the links. So if you're interested in me after this conversation and want to check all that stuff out, then check out the links that uh, I'm sure PJ will provide. Absolutely. Um, okay, so Web3. Do you know the difference between Web2 and Web1 or vice versa, right? Web1, Web2? Nope. Not at all. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, back in the day, you remember MapQuest, right? Oh, yeah. You'd load up MapQuest with some directions, and every time you zoomed in or out, you'd have to refresh the screen. Yep. <laughs> and it would refresh the whole web page. So that's web one. Then uh, actually a guy named Sammy Kamkar, who was a hacker, um, you may remember the um, meme or T-shirts and stuff that they made called Sammy is my hero. Yep. Um, so he was actually a hacker, and he um, built a worm and uploaded it to MySpace. And he was just kind of playing a joke, but like less than 24 hours later, the biggest website on the Internet was down, and it was his fault. Um, so he got arrested and stuff, but that initiated the issuance of what we call Web 2, which is 
uh, kind of you don't have to do things to reload those pages and that opens up all these all this functionality and that's where we got like the blogs and Tim Ferriss and internet e-commerce and all of that stuff happened because of the establishment of web 2 so then there's a technology that gets invented it's called blockchain technology it's essentially a way to keep really accurate ledgers that are really secure uh, in a decentralized way that uses cryptography and massive amounts of computer power. So that's the blockchain, right? I kind of think of the blockchain in my head as a conceptual space where things can be stored. Um, and those, those things that can be stored can also be transferred from one place there to another. So that was Bitcoin as well, by the way. So blockchain's kind of invented, and then this guy who we don't really know who he is, um, I'm sure you've seen his name all over the place, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto, mm -hmm. and he uh, made this very brief bit of code that we now call Bitcoin. And you definitely read the white paper at some point. Um, it's actually really interesting the way that he talks about it specifically, why they created this, it, he or she, nobody knows who it was but this person created this thing and talks very eloquently i think in a white paper about why and the idea is to be able to have a peer-to-peer -peer, um transfer of wealth right um so he creates bitcoin there's only ever going to be a certain number of bitcoin there will only ever be 21 million bitcoins uh, which is important for scarcity as a currency it's also infinitely divisible and which means that we can divide it up as many times as we want and share it uh, in as unequal or equal portions throughout all of humanity. Like it can be divided as many times as you want. Um, when we say stacking, uh, we're actually talking about stack, like stacking up piles of um, something called a sat, which is like Satoshi. Um, and those sats are, I think one, uh, might be one one millionth of a Bitcoin, um, or maybe it's a little larger than that. I can't remember that detail right now, but we call them sats. It's like 0 .0001 Bitcoins. Um, so you ever hear people talking about stacking? We're talking about just stacking those sats up. And uh, a lot of the people that uh, are into Bitcoin on the more positive side of things are really just people who believe in the technology itself and believe that one day Bitcoin will revolutionize the way that we handle finance and the way that we handle a whole bunch of other things as well. So have I completely lost you yet? Nope, I, I the one thing I have kind of looked into was blockchain because um, a couple of uh, big games coming out on the way, like they all incorporate these technologies. So I'm hmm. like, okay, well, Another kind of speaking a language I know, so let's look into it. Okay, um, gotcha. Still very basic so, on that side. So the of coding is <laughs> the is the coding your primary like uh, craft, I guess. I do not code at all. No, I just meant like the gaming oh, side okay, of things, cool. the gamification side of things. Okay, sweet. So Wookie, I would imagine, is more the dev. Yep. Uh, voice on your podcast. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, sorry, I tried to watch some episodes, but I wanted to clarify. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's funny we're brothers okay, and cool. we sound similar, and people get confused all the time who's who. So I get it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine having to do a podcast with somebody whose voice sounded the same. That would be, um, yeah, <laughs> the confusions would definitely be there. <laughs> okay, so that's blockchain in a really tiny nutshell. Yeah. Um, let me uh, actually pull up my doc here. Um, okay, so I mentioned that tw only 21 million ever. I didn't mention really anything about decentralization. Um, decentralization is the dispensing of authority throughout a network. So Bitcoin runs on these things called nodes. Um, and essentially it's just a hub or a computer uh, that's hooked up to the network and 
you can do all sorts of interesting things with those nodes, but the primary purpose of them is actually to store the ledger. And that ledger is constantly checked throughout the network to prevent, uh, well, specifically to prevent double spending on the network, right? Like I give you a dollar of Bitcoin and then I give uh, Wookie, a, I'm gesturing with my other hand, <laughs> and then I give Wookie uh, a dollar over here, but it's the same dollar. Uh, that was a big issue with the initial idea of cryptocurrency is um, that you couldn't quite manage that properly. So Bitcoin kind of solves that issue um, by distributing that ledger all over the world. Um, and thereby there's like a majority check to confirm the ledger, um, which is really cool because that makes it uh, also basically impossible to hack um, or actually literally impossible to hack. The only way to disrupt the network is to own 51% of the nodes, which at this point is, <laughs> we'll say unfeasible. Like sure. it's, it's not something that can really happen at this point. Um, so let me back up a little bit and I'll tell you a little bit about how I got into all this stuff. All that stuff that I just told you about Bitcoin is one, really interesting to me. Um, but the effect that it can have is even more interesting to me. Um, not a big fan of the traditional finance system. Uh, definitely hasn't done me any good and <laughs> I can't really have any control over what's happening. It feels really insecure to me, especially now um, with inflation and gas prices and all the craziness going on. Um, so Bitcoin kind of solves that problem for me because it's important to me to not uh, give my control and my responsibility away to strangers. Um, I don't want to do that any more than I have to because I think I should be responsible for my life. I believe in individual sovereignty and a whole bunch of other stuff that's kind of political, but it's really important to me to own my own wealth and sure. actually have that property under my name. Um, right now, Bitcoin is solving that problem by providing something that I can prove belongs to me according to this massive unhackable network. And eventually, I, be I believe it'll be the primary mode of exchange at some point. Um, that's what I think is going to happen is because the fiat markets are going to crash and uh, economies are going to be really desperate for some other mode of transfer to store value. Um, and actually, we've recently had a really cool use case with um, the war in Ukraine. Um, people were fleeing Ukraine to get out and were being stopped at the border and there was some corruption involved. And so they're having all of their assets confiscated. Um, so like you've got all of your savings in your wallet, in your pocket, right? Mm -hmm. And you go to cross the border and they just take that. And yeah. it's like, nope, can't take that with you, sorry. And I mean, you're screwed. But some people actually would um, move all of their assets into Bitcoin, memorize their seed phrase so that once they had crossed the border, they can just hook up a computer, redeem that wallet, um, which is a little complicated, but it's actually pretty easy to do. Once you, once you see it done a couple times, you're like, oh, okay, I understand this now. But they put in their seed phrases to reclaim all of those assets that they had stored in that wallet. They just have to redeem the wallet on the other side of the border. Um, so there's actually some cool applications for it. Sure. Now, then comes in Ethereum. Um, the difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum is very technical. Um, but for those of you wanting to do some research at home, um, just look up the difference between proof of work and proof of stake. Bitcoin is proof of work. Uh, Ethereum is proof of stake. And to be perfectly honest, I'm actually still relatively new to the Bitcoin Web3 thing. So explaining that would be a nightmare. <laughs> um, so I won't bother you with all those details because I wouldn't be able to give them properly. Uh, I'm getting there, but we're not there yet. So Ethereum has a really cool advantage over Bitcoin in that Ethereum can use what's called smart contracts. It's basically code that you store on the blockchain and executes from the blockchain it's, um, and interacts with the blockchain. Um, that's where we get NFTs, which are non-fungible tokens. NFTs are built, on, are built via smart contracts onto the blockchain itself. So eventually, I think that NFTs will have a whole bunch of really cool use cases 
that are very practical or pragmatic, like your deeds to your house or your car, um, like uh, tickets and things when you want to go to a concert. I think a lot of that stuff is going to turn into NFTs, right? Because then you can say, you know, come to my concert, you have to buy this NFT here or mint it, and you can redeem that as a ticket at the event, but you can also uh, use it to go to my website, subscribe or whatever, and then you get sent a free, uh, you know, widget of whatever kind, right, merch or whatever. Sure. Um, so there's a lot of functionality there for artists specifically, um, which I think is why this, this is my theory. This is not proven by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that's why NFTs uh, are so art focused is because that de decentralizing force that I mentioned with Bitcoin um, has kind of permutated itself throughout that or promulgated itself. I think I used the wrong word there. Um, and the appeal of the individual artist receiving appropriate compensation for their work is a big driver behind a lot of artists moving to NFTs. So like um, NFTs can be music, they can be movies, they can be photos, they can be uh, redeemable for a live painting or like a physical IRL painting. <laughs> um, so you can do all this functionality with that, which allows the individual creator to expand their brand and actually not be taken advantage of by a, a large producer or somebody like that. Nice. I've always so, wondered with an NFT, sorry, I just have a question on that. So No, please, cut me off. Like, um, you said you're, you're into art and you kind of have uh, your own work and stuff. So when you make a picture or whatever you do with an NFT, and again, totally noob here, like, what exactly yep. is that? Like, I've seen them. I, I think I own a couple. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> you know? Like what? What is it? Like what? What do you? I know you explained there are some use cases, and I get that. But like, mm -hmm. as just the single NFT, like, say if you own a painting, like, what can you do with that? So, it's the name is important, right? It is mm -hmm. a non fungible token. A token is just what we kind of call uh, a piece of data that lives on the blockchain. That's the way that I like to talk about it because it's not technical at all and it's very easy to understand, right? It just, if you think about that blockchain being a separate space, um, the NFT is just an object that, or an asset that lives on the blockchain, right? So it's a token. It goes from wallet to wallet, but it's all on the blockchain, right? So what it actually is past that in a, in a technical sense, I'm not really gonna be able to say, but the, in addition to being a token, it's non-fungible, which means it's unique. So when NFTs are minted, you're getting a unique piece of digital asset. Now, you might want to pick that up. You're asking kind of like what you do with it, right? Um, a great example of a piece of art uh, would actually be uh, my friend Fibo's project. He did a uh, AI-generated collection of images, um, which we wanted to have uploaded, but the darn thing. Um, <laughs> he did these images of just Fibonacci spirals, and he's really cool. He He's actually a technical analyst and risk mitigation specialist. Uh, so he's very, very smart and all this stuff, and I don't get any of it by comparison. <laughs> but he, um, he actually uh, did this whole series, and it's like, you know, if you hold one, you get access to him and his charts. And it was only a small collection, so he can do that, right? There's like 10 of them or something. So he's got 10 people. He's like, yeah, if you ever have something you're wondering about, hit me up. I'll send you a chart. No no charge. Just you hold my art, and that's awesome. So we'll do this. Um, now, that's very, very basic. Really what happened was we were experimenting with uh, some AI-generated art. He loves Fibonacci spirals, so naturally that happened, right? <laughs> and he was like, you know, he was thinking about launching his own project at some point and he'd never done it before. And so we were all like, look, dude, you should just go on gamma.io is the website to go to for the chain that we like um, called Stacks. And so go on there, um, just go through the process just to go through the process. Like even if nobody mints anything, that, that's fine. Um, just 
check it out and see what it's all about. And so he did and actually just minted out his 10 uh, images in like a day, um, mostly because I, I think all of his friends were like, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely pick this up because it's cool art too. Um, so now I've got a Fibonacci spiral that's sitting in my wallet that to me is really just cool art. I'll go in there and I, you know, I'm using my other hand to hold my phone. I scroll <laughs> down and just check out my cool pieces of art that I have that I really like. Uh, Weed Monsters is another great example of that. Um, they're these little monsters that look like they're made out of marijuana buds, right? <laughs> and they're just super cool. I just really like them. They're purple and green and stuff, and it's awesome. Um, I don't know where they're going with that project at all um, because I just saw it and it was relatively inexpensive and I was like I want this piece of art so that's kind of one way to treat it right I just kind of so, like stay interested in a couple of projects and if they do cool stuff great if they don't I'm just kind of having fun collecting cool pieces of art so when you say piece of art so you can view it on your phone um, can you I'm sure there's probably some apps maybe in VR like can you load that up and like have it on a huge wall like really you know do whatever you want with it after you have it and own it or what so you can actually do whatever you want to with the image and you actually have rights to that image like you have you own the licensing to that image at that point um so if you wanted to you could do all of those things okay. right um if there's there is actually a vr app um i'm not overly familiar with the uh stacks parrots is the name of the project they actually have like a um uh, what would you call that a gallery app where it'll actually just cycle through your wallet and display different uh, NFTs that happen to be in your wallet in a what looks like an art gallery nice. uh, which is actually pretty cool yeah um, but I think you have to you have to own one of their NFTs to access the app which is another use case right yep. <laughs> um, so let me uh, let me review my uh, document here real quick I want to look at my notes and make sure that we're staying relatively um, on track because the um, you know asking about what you can do with an NFT that is heavily limited by what has been built right and right now we're in a really bad bear market and we have been for some time so nobody's really injecting a lot of funds into web3 uh, companies right now or, well, they, they are running off of the funds that they've had for a while and um, building and building and building, but there's not these like massive explosions that you would normally see in a big bull market where all of a sudden there's a massive, you know, eight-figure company that's dominating this space, right? Eight, nine-figure company, whatever it would be. Um, what you have is people who are dedicated to the space and building slowly over time to create really good products. And what I think is gonna happen is those people, you know, not financial advice or anything, but I think those people are gonna swing back around once the bull market hits, and all of a sudden there's gonna be this entire infrastructure that's been built during this bull market, or sorry, bear market. Um, that's a little bit predictive, so I apologize for that. Let me um, take a step back because I dove into what you can do with NFTs and all that, <laughs> but I actually have I actually have an approach for new people in my head, and I want to kind of walk through that a little bit because being new to the space, I, I can say as a person who's been around for a, a little bit that I'm incessantly overwhelmed by everything that's going on in this space. Like it is always my Discord's always you know, hundreds if not thousands of notifications, and it's just too much to keep mm -hmm. track of. And so I always hate to take somebody who's new and be like, and now you're in the NFT community, <laughs> like, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of mean in my opinion. So what I've done is one, I limit myself to a single chain. I am only interested in projects that are built on a chain called Stacks. Stacks is really cool to me because Stacks is actually a, we'll call it, uh, for the nerds out there, we'll call it a layer one and a half chain where they're actually building smart contracts that are through something called proof of transfer confirmed on the Bitcoin blockchain. 
So it's smart contracts, but on blockchain, or sorry, Bitcoin. Remember earlier I said Ethereum kind of had that over Bitcoin. They mm -hmm. have the smart contracts, but Bitcoin doesn't. Stacks is enabling smart contracts on Bitcoin. Super cool. So I limit myself to that one chain. I only mess around with projects that are built on Stacks. So one of the projects I'm involved with, um, or I say involved with, I'm not actually on their team. I just am involved in everything that they do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just all, all the way around, um, or always around rather. Um, so there's the Bitcoin Badgers. They're doing some really cool work uh, with something right now called the Badger Board, uh, which is gonna be this thing where you can go in and if you hold uh, either a Badger or a couple of other projects, you can come in and um, mint out some uh, like checkered pieces and it almost looks like paint but what's going to happen is we're going to have hundreds of people do this, right? And so we all like kind of take a square and there's like a little thing here, but then somebody pays a little more and gets to cover that up. And um, it's just going to kind of be a battle between these two projects. And uh, at the end, that will be minted into its own NFT and auctioned off. Kind of a cool, fun thing to do in the bear market. And they're doing a great job with all the code and everything. Um, they do a community call once a week to update people who are paying attention. Um, and I'm one of those people. I love them. They're great. Another good project to check out is going to be projects like Indigo. Um, and this is, I'm kind of walking you through these because I want to, I want you to hear the use cases, right? Um, and these are kind of development use cases that are building the infrastructure that we talked about. So Indigo is actually building a game that is a text-based RPG with cool graphics and stuff um, and kind of reminds me of an older like Pokemon-esque game except the art's really cool um, but it is kind of pixelated it has that low uh, or pixelated look to it right pixel art yeah. I guess you'd call it so your NFT that you hold for Indigo uh, is actually your character in the game nice and each of the NFTs has different traits and attributes. So you can go and level that character up in the game playing as multiple different characters and your experience is different with each one. Um, so my co-host on Gingerly, John, who you know, um, actually has played through the game like two or three, four different times um, just to see what all the different experiences are like, right? Um, so that's a really cool use case where they're in your, um, wheelhouse so to speak they're building this cool uh video game on top of blockchain web3 technology um and it, I, th I think having some of those guys on to see what they're doing would be awesome i i wish there were more people doing it in vr for you i think once that starts happening um where these projects are like no we can actually just develop in vr because we all know how to do it now yeah <laughs> uh, i think that's kind of the lag is just expertise right there's a few out there that are that are working on that, so it's kind of kind of cool to see and exciting to to learn about. So. Yeah, yeah, and I apologize for rambling. I hope oh that's no, okay. no, that's totally. Like, um, I'm I'm here to learn, Bob. It's really neat, like you're saying, okay, like cool. that that NFT, like that you own, that's your character, and that's just really cool because it's like my simple mind is that that's like me saying okay this dollar bill i have in my hand <laughs> this is my character in paper mario and that's what I'm, you know <laughs> yeah well i mean that's kind of actually how it is right because yeah. all dollar all u.s fiat currency has a serial number and everything so they're actually unique you can't track it like you can with blockchain technology but you know you can kind of track it's just a really we'll call that analog <laughs> blockchain right <laughs> Okay, so let me uh, tell you about another project because um, I'm just going to kind of talk about these projects and um, give you the examples. Nanish. Nanish is building a game. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of their images or anything yet. Nope. Okay, so they're flipping cool. They're all hand-drawn, um, and it's got this, like, weird, like, mushroomy trippy sort of vibe to it but they're all hand-drawn and they've got like little goblins that are called um um i don't 
don't remember what they're called. They have cool names. They have this cool like universe they're, that they're building, which is insane because it's super deep. I this is one of the projects that I wish I had more time to keep up with, uh, because they're always doing so much. They if you hold certain NFTs, it actually uh, on a regular schedule builds up a Discord native currency that you can use to be involved in different projects and things that they have going, like their poker nights. You can also win um, those uh, Discord native currencies back, uh, stuff like that that they're doing that's really cool. That's uh, If you have a certain number of them, um, you have an opportunity to um, acquire certain select groups of NFTs. Um, like they're just doing something called, uh, I think it's Shafts of Light. They're, they're much more elaborate hand-drawn um, images that are also really, really cool. Um, they're working up to all of this stuff. And this, this is one of the things that I think is really relevant to VR development specifically, is they started out with just an idea, essentially. They were like, we want to build this. And we think that it would be really cool if we could do it in Web3. So they used Web3 to develop an, enough funding to continue developing and building as they're going. And so they do a little bit here and kind of do a mint or a launch of some art in order to help fund the next stage. But then those little bits of game are kind of incorporated as they go. Um, they're constantly doing community management. It's very, very fun to be involved in. Uh, if you kind of like dive into the community and get to know some of the people, great way to make friends too, by the way, if you're like me and don't have any. Um, <laughs> that's been my strategy lately for nice. socializing. <laughs> um, so like, I know it's important, but I don't want to. <laughs> so anyway, they're building all this cool stuff, including eventually they're going to have Nanish kingdoms which will basically be like a, um, you know, like Catan has the um, uh, octagon or hexagons that you yep. mash together and each one's a different tile. The kingdoms will be a tile essentially in the game that they're developing. And so they keep building on this, right? And I think this has huge amounts of utility for specifically indie developers, right? And as we kind of witness the fall of the AAA dev uh, companies that are just these big amalgamations of different departments who um, whose primary motive is to make money um, we're actually sorry I get a little bit uh, <laughs> uh, soapboxy here we're actually decentralizing the power involved in video game creation right so a couple of developers can start a really cool project and if it's a cool enough project they can keep building and keep building and keep building until it's actually a fully realized game uh, and that's part of the power that Web3 is going to bring to the Internet space. It, it really is genuinely the next evolution of the Internet. And things like Bitcoin and Stacks and NFTs are going to power all of that infrastructure that we're now building. And we always say that one day, you know, everyone's going to kind of just wake up and get on the Internet and it's going to be Web3. Like they're not really going to notice. It's sure. just going to be Web3 now. Um, and that's really the goal is to make it all run so seamlessly that you don't have to do a full podcast to like onboard somebody into just being interested in it. Right. Yeah. Uh, you, you're just going to be using it without hardly even noticing. Um, and that's I think that's where it's headed. Nice. So. It's really interesting um, how <laughs> you're saying like, the normal person will just kind of be integrated slowly and not even notice much just by the little changes in the background and, and that. Yeah. Super well, interesting. Well, you know, that's how Web 2 started, right? No, Almost nobody knows that there was a Web 1 and a Web 2. Sure. But I mean, they actually changed the infrastructure and the way that it works, you know, just like right under our nose, noses. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually that'll be how this works, but the the like extra complication to that is that it's simultaneously reshaping the way that the internet works and the way that our financial markets operate. And that's, that's where, that's why it has so much resistance in my opinion is 
well, one, adoption is difficult a lot of the time, right? Yeah. Um, that's a huge issue. Is And that's actually why I got into it is because I'm in sales. And I was watching everybody talk about Web3, and I was like, oh, my gosh, these guys are all definitely engineers. <laughs> like, they're very focused on code and not selling this product at all. Um, yeah. And so, now, granted, there are some people who do some great work in Web3 that sales and marketing, but um, I was looking at the overall space going, somebody needs to communicate with the people that are normal um, and know how to talk to each other. So <laughs> I dove in and started trying to take the, take on that challenge, right? Is uh, how do you package all of this information into something that's digestible and understandable? And I apologize if I didn't do a great job here tonight. Oh, no, um, good. By just rambling all rambling along, <laughs> but um, I'll I'll admit to being a little bit flustered um, in the switch up and all that. Totally so, understandable. Um, another question I had, and you kind of alluded to it in the start was, you know, it takes a massive amount of power to do, to mine and stuff. And can you kind of go through that, like the mining and like, I personally, I get it, but um, for anyone listening that maybe doesn't like, what exactly is happening when that's mining? And, and when you say like, cause I, I do know that it takes massive amounts of power. Like what are the negative effects of that to, you know, to create all this and mine these um, the crypto. So there is a there is an energy cost to operating the blockchain, and this is actually a big conversation. Um, John and I actually did a full episode on it, um, or well, this and a couple of other things. The episode's called "What the Fud." Um, I think it's episode three or something. You can get it on Spotify uh, or YouTube or anything like that on the Bitcoin Live Network. But anyway. Um, sorry, quick plug. No, it's awesome. Um, so with the way that mining works, it does have an energy cost. The question is, what is that energy cost exactly? How much energy are we talking about? And the fact of that is actually that right now, Bitcoin uses about as much power as all of the ambient power usage that exists, I think, in the U.S., but that might also be a global number. Either way, globally, people leaving their cell phone chargers plugged into the wall, mm -hmm. that's the same amount of power as Bitcoin currently uses. Um, so there's a lot of stuff out there about how, like, you know, Bitcoin's going to boil the oceans in three years or something like that. That stuff's not actually accurate. Um, more and more studies are being done to co actually collect that data, and they're finding out that we're actually not doing a bad job at all. Um, there's also several companies who are actively, a large portion of the mining companies are actually um, figuring out ways to use completely green energy to operate their mining facilities. So the bigger mining facilities that have tons and tons of hash power, um, which, which is the GPU rate that you need to solve the algorithms that uh, actually produce Bitcoin, um, called solving a block. Um, when they're solving those blocks, they're actually actively trying not to make a carbon footprint. And actually some of them are carbon negative nice. at this point. Um, so I'm really happy you asked that question because that's something that needs to be talked about is um, as Web3 comes along, are we gonna have some serious environmental issues? Um, and the answer is no. Um, I don't think we're gonna have any serious um, uh, issues because also Bitcoin is scalable. Uh, once it gets to a certain point, it doesn't go up anymore. It just keeps doing its thing down here as far as the energy consumption, um, but is also imminently practical. Nice. So when that mining is going on, like what exactly is happening? Maybe you can't explain it. I don't know. Cause that's one thing, like um, that's the first thing I heard about, like the first very early form of crypto and I kind of started hearing about it, it was like like they're doing what I'm like what the hell's going on it's like something you you know would see in a movie 20 years ago type of thing yeah <laughs> yeah so what they're doing is basically just math um a all of the bitcoin essentially currently exists but it's locked up inside of the blockchain in order to unlock those blocks 
um, and create that storage space of like that is a Bitcoin, um, they have to solve a certain amount of math, essentially. Um, this is where the term having comes from because it takes X amount of work to create a Bitcoin via processing power. Um, and they, they use GPUs. I can't explain the technicalities behind why they use GPUs and not CPUs. Um, it has something to do with the word hash, and I don't fully understand that. Sure. Um, again, not an engineer. I'm just a sales guy. <laughs> I am learning constantly about all this stuff, um, and my understanding now is way deeper than it was even a month ago, but I haven't gotten to the hash part yet. <laughs> <laughs> so all of these computers are doing all of this work as evidence of that blockchain or that block being created uh, as a Bitcoin. So now there, now that Bitcoin exists and it's confirmed on the chain by the nodes as existing. That, that block will always exist from here on out. Uh, assuming we don't have like a, a literal global apocalypse that will always exist. Um, <laughs> So I always like to caveat that because everybody's like, you know, I always say, well, inevitably this is going to happen. Like it will come to fruition. And they're like, yeah, well, what if we get hit by an asteroid? And it's like, okay, fair enough. Like <laughs> if the planet gets destroyed, you're 100% right. No more Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. But also no more us. So yeah. you're not going to care concern. about it one way or the other. <laughs> exactly. Um, so essentially that's what, that's what they're doing is they are actually making bitcoins via solving these math problems does that help or hurt yeah. or no i i totally that makes sense um yeah like i said it just sounds like so sci-fi-ish when you're first kind of looking into it like <laughs> they're mining so what like, about it sounds sci-fi to you Is just the, that i bet it's the jargon that's a big problem it's it's the jargon but it's just the thought of like how can a gpu like if you're using the term mining like they're mining digital something into a physical thing like that was my first thought like what the what is this <laughs> yeah but yeah so when you say they're just doing math okay, like cool. that makes so, sense <laughs> yeah so it has to do with the term proof of work um bitcoin is created when the ledger can prove that a certain amount of work has been done, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that that makes sense the way that I said that? Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, it felt a little bit turned inside out, but <laughs> so that's what they're actually doing is they're doing the work so that the ledger can prove that that work was done and therefore the Bitcoin exists, essentially. I'm sure there's hundreds of thousands of devs who are listening to this right now going, Oh my God, this guy's an idiot. But I'm I'm trying to explain it gingerly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I have I so I have like a a better like what you're telling me is making sense. I'm I'm still not gonna say like I understand all of it, but like at least I get the theories behind it and you know kind of the background of it. So that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. And I th I think that's really the first step, right? So sure. first. Uh, I'm trying to talk with my hands. First <laughs> step in my mind in anybody's Bitcoin or crypto journey leading to NFTs, um, the first step is understanding that Bitcoin is not a intangible uh, fiat currency that happens to be digital. That's not what it is. What it is actually is a new type of technology that we have never had before. So when the assembly line was invented, when Henry Ford came up with the idea of specialization and applied that to manufacturing, um, w he made Model T cars, right? Yep. <laughs> but now we use specialization in manufacturing to make jumbo jets and Teslas and iPhones and everything else that we manufacture, right? We're still using that same con conceptual principle that he came up with that allowed him to make things really small 
essentially is what it did. <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, the machinery and everything that went along with, it, with that. So what's happening right now with Bitcoin is we're creating the infrastructure that will allow for things to be different going down the line. Um, and that's one of the reasons that it's hard to understand, right? So once somebody sees that, if I can show you that, then it goes, oh, okay, well, that makes sense why someone will be interested in that, right? Mm -hmm. It's like VR is the future of gaming or of media and entertainment, right? It's easy to see that. And you're like, oh, dude, well, as soon as VR headsets are reasonably affordable, I want one because there's going to be some sweet-ass games and stuff coming out. Like, yeah. I want to be a part of that and experience that. When it was like, put your phone in a headset <laughs> and view it, not interested. But now that I've got an index, I'm, I love it, right? Yeah. And the same thing is going to happen at some point with Bitcoin and blockchain technology and Web3 and NFTs, et cetera. Um, so that's kind of the first step, right, is understanding what it is and why it's important and w what its actual function is going to be. Once you understand that, then it's a matter of, like, jumping from topic to topic per your own interest, right? Yeah. So you say, okay, well, let's look into Web3. Well, what's what's a good – you know, and I do this on Twitter all the time, right? Um, hey, everybody, what's a good project um, if I'm interested in Pokemon or whatever, right? And people will be like, oh, dude, if you're into Pokemon, you should totally play Indigo, right? You should check out this project. Or you should check out Weed Monsters because they're kind of like Pokemon, right? And so then you just pick your projects that sound interesting and you start looking into them. Okay, well, let's go ahead and join their Discord, right? Who are the devs? What are they, what are they currently working on? Um, it, do they have like a regular poker night or something that I can you know, get yeah. involved in? Most of the devs are more than happy to talk to pretty much everybody because right now, especially uh, on the Stacks chain, because there's just not all that many people, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like millions and millions, it's like thousands, you know? So you can get in there and actually talk to people, see what's going on. You have questions, you can ask people, and there's somebody in that Discord that can, can and will actually respond back to you because they want us to be interested in their projects, right? Yeah. Um, so then that becomes a much more enjoyable game to play. And then you end up, you know, like uh, one of the big things that got me into all this is getting involved with the Bitcoin Badgers just to play this game, right? Yep. <laughs> um, I just thought it was cool, and I wanted some friends. So I started playing, and, you know, I was silent at first. I just kind of started hanging out and playing and stuff. And um, every once in a while they'd be like, oh, hey, uh, and actually this happened the other night. <laughs> Um, I, sp I actually spoke up the other night and was like, hey, what's going on with this specific project? Do you guys know anything about it? Is it something that I should get into or should I not worry about it? Am I too late? And they told me honestly exactly what was going on with the project. They explained that if I'm trying to make any sort of profit on those NFTs uh, from an investment standpoint, I'm probably a, a little too late. And they kind of walked me through what that was and allowed me to kind of come to my own conclusions about that, um, which is hugely helpful. Yeah. So now I'm kind of looking out for what's going on in this project or that project. And that's the NFT space for me right now is I look for cool art. I look for cool projects and cool <laughs> games and cool communities. And if you fit that category, I'll, I'll be in your discord and listen to your announcements and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I was playing with the Bitcoin Badgers the first couple of times, and you know we were playing walkabout, which we're talking in right now, like you said, and got a couple holes in ones. And like, hey, we're gonna give you this. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Give it to someone that can use it because <laughs> I, I really don't understand right now. Maybe down the road, but yeah, oh, there's awesome. a great group of, of people and um, very charitable and like you said, just fun to hang out with. Really cool. Yeah, and and you know I want to I, I do want to mention this is it's really, really helpful to have a person who is slightly ahead of you in the Web3 space. So like, as you look into this stuff and maybe do a little bit of your own research or whatnot, if you have any questions and you're like, okay, you know, I have this thing in my wallet, but I don't know what it is, <laughs> do you know? Please message me and ask or message John and ask and we're more than happy to help with that stuff because our whole thing is adoption, right? Yeah. We want people to be interested in the same cool stuff that we're interested in. So if you're out there and you're struggling, like reach out on Twitter, 
figure out uh, who's in certain places, see if you can message the devs. I mean, why not? I'm sure they'd love to hear some feedback yep. about where their user experience is going awry, right? Yep. Um, they want to know that stuff, and they'll make it easier. The first NFT project I ever launched was called Styled Pigeons. It was actually just images of uh, male models with the heads of pigeons on them. <laughs> I, uh, saw that. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, I have some knowledge in Photoshop and was just <laughs> hanging out having a fun time. And uh, I got to a certain process. I launched it on gamma.io, which I mentioned earlier. Super cool website to check out. They do a lot of the uh, stuff involved with stacks as far as NFT generation, minting services and that sort of thing. Love the crew. Um, but I reached out on, to them that day because it's the first thing I've ever, first thing I've ever done in the space and something went wrong with it. So I messaged one of the support people and they got back to me the same day and they were like, hey, this, uh, we see your complaint, what exactly is going on? They talked to me a little bit and they were like, awesome, let me uh, go ahead and get that pushed through for you. And they just handled it on their end and all of a sudden the issue was actually that uh, my NFTs couldn't be traded. Um, which is actually just kind of like a waiting period, but he cut the waiting period like in down to a quarter of what it would have been just because I reached out. Um, <laughs> not that they'll always do that, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> in my case, I got lucky and, you know, it worked out great. So the space is very, very welcoming. That's awesome. I, I, I appreciate the time and the, and the expl explanations. Um, I think I have a better grasp on the base, like the overall so that's pretty cool, pretty helpful. I'm hoping some of the listeners and watchers have gotten the same um, out of this talk. But um, yeah, before, um, not that we have to end or anything, but before we do, um, you're a big Rocket League guy. <laughs> um, like you said, you play a lot, yes. of, a lot of VR. You, is there anything about that stuff we want to talk about or? Well, actually, I have a I have a cool question for you actually uh, about VR development. Um, so, I've been struggling with this for a while. I would love to develop an idea that I have for my own game, mm -hmm. but I'm not a dev. <laughs> so it seems so insurmountable to me. Um, I actually have an idea for a magic casting mechanic um, that I think done properly could really change the magic casting systems that are actually in VR games right now. Um, so I haven't played Wizards yet, but uh, that's on my <laughs> list. Um, I gotta get I gotta get through Wizards to like understand all of the casting systems that are available right now um, on the list, but how let's so i was wondering about this because of my interest in web3 and like uh, watching these guys build this stuff from the ground up is there an infrastructure in place in the vr development and game development community for people who are wonderful idea generators and maybe idea idea generator slash um artist uh slash creative director <laughs> to uh, basically like f not full on freelance their ideas, but just be like, hey, I have this really cool idea. I wonder if anybody would help me work on this as a hobby, um, just to like hang out and do some cool game development for, you know, maybe it's, maybe you only get to work on it like five to 10 hours a week, yeah. but they're interested in the story and the universe creation and the development and everything, and they can help with that sort of thing. Um. I know personally, again, I'm not a dev by any means of the imagination, um, but I kind of have a similar goal with the podcast as, you know, we're mo moving our space to a new platform and a couple other things we have in the works. And my goal is to learn as we do that. Um, but I can tell you, uh, there's a lot of people in the community in the VR community that will are super helpful. And, you know, in other spaces, you'd think like everyone sees each other as a competitor and they're like, I'm not, you know, Fuck off! I'm not helping you with that. <laughs> or hey, I'm going to steal right, that. Right. <laughs> um, or if I'm going to do work for you, I deserve to be paid inordinate amounts of money too. Yeah. Like that's an yeah. issue that I'm concerned with. But um, 
Yeah, there's there are I've run into a lot of devs that um, you know they they'll definitely give you some pointers and a lot of things I hear is you know take a couple of free classes whether it's on um, Unreal or um, I always forget the other one even though um, all the devs argue about them but the other platform uh, Unity yes 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 um, yeah and then you know they'll say hey just go play around with it and then come back um, and you know I'll help you out with that or there are some devs like like myself like I can generate ideas pretty like crazily and I'll I'll give them away for free like hey I want to see this game <laughs> and I've had a few people right, like that's... I would love to make that game like because <laughs> I, I just want to see it I'm never gonna build it but you know right I can just tell you what I want to see and what I think would be fun um so the VR dev community is pretty accepting of that oh yeah from from my experience yes um there's a couple discords. I've seen where it's mostly just devs, but they welcome anyone, and you can just go in there, and I've seen ideas batted around like that, like, you know, hey, what would everyone think of this? And then a whole conversation blows up over, like, a week-long period about it. Um, okay, so. cool, cool. Okay, cool. That, that's what's so crazy about this. So, you know, gaming and Web3 kind of have, like, this beef. Um, like, for some reason, gamers, on average really just don't like bitcoin people <laughs> and bitcoin people are like let me take over your thing you know <laughs> we kind of like want to make everything web3 um and so there's been this like rivalry but i think the communities are actually really similar yeah because of the focused on focus on like indie development and the way that that just operates like that's actually what web3 people are doing is indie development nope. and then that's what the gamers are doing over here is indie development yeah. and so their communities are like mirror images of each other, but they don't interact. We need to do this kind of stuff more often. Yeah. That's funny you say that because I, my experience, again, is probably not the norm. I had the complete opposite idea because all the people that are into crypto and NFTs that I've met have come from the gaming space. Um, oh, really? So Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I've never seen any yeah, quarrels or anything, but... I'm also not in that that space much anyway. Um, like the Bitcoin badges, for example, like I'm in their Discord and they graciously put up with me. Um, I pop in when I can, and and but I'm just all about gaming. I know nothing about you know their side of things, but they're just looking to have fun Wednesday nights. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that really is what it's about. Is like just hanging out and having a good time, and we talk about the stuff that we're interested in i'm sure a lot a lot of them would love to hear your ideas for vr development and whatnot too um because i i don't want to you know spoil anything necessarily but i do know that um they have been working on 3d assets um that are badgers so i don't know what they've <laughs> got exactly coming down the pipeline um that i can say necessarily but i think they have some cool stuff coming down the pipeline <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah it's, it's the interlap like you said like it to me it's all the same so that's why i've never really saw the the separation but I, you know. well hey maybe i haven't given the uh, <laughs> vr development crews uh enough of a chance yet maybe i should dive into some of those discords do you have any uh discords for like idea generation and that sort of stuff that you would recommend off the bat um i'm trying to think I'm I'm part of one I could share the link to. I'd have to look at it after after the show, but um I've seen other ones. Me myself and Discord, like I my problem is I'm in so many Discords. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I and I can yeah, yeah. my Discord's I'll, chaos. <laughs> yeah, and I'll you know, I'll pop in and say hello as much as I can in all of them, but it's like it's so much <laughs> time, you know. Um <laughs> but yeah, I can I can um shoot some links out and uh, definitely try and, and keep my ears open and you know i don't want to speak for anyone because they might just be saying that to humor me like yeah that would be cool and we should do this and that and like they're like yeah he'll just go yeah. away after a bit but that's my experience <laughs> is like they're all like oh god that would be awesome and then there's a conversation that happens and you know stuff like that so yeah cool well i mean i'm interested in meeting people and you know i don't i try not to like not bring any value uh to the situation that's actually i st <laughs> i actually started uh just streaming the bitcoin badgers uh wednesday night golf 
um, <laughs> just like for fun. Like yeah. I, was, I was like trying to experiment with streaming and stuff. And it was actually the Rocket League thing, right? I wanted to stream some Rocket League. Um, uh, about to move into Champ Loot. Nice. Uh, but <laughs> so I decided I wanted to figure out how to stream VR too, because it's an extra added layer of hardware. Mm -hmm. um, and contrary to the image that I projected tonight, I normally don't struggle with that sort of stuff. Oh. I normally figure it out pretty quickly. <laughs> and uh, so I started streaming that stuff. And then next thing you know, I was like, they were like, well, where's Pigeon? Like, isn't he going to be in the community call? <laughs> I was like, oh, like, I can't believe it. Like missing me and stuff. So the communities are ripe for people to get involved, and if yeah. you bring value, um, that's super helpful. So I'd definitely do that in some of those VR discords too. I'd love to hang out and help stuff or help people and uh, put more on my plate than is necessary yeah. on a regular basis. <laughs> is pretty much my strategy. Nice. <laughs> and you know, you were saying you know how the two groups are similar. And that's funny because my first thought. Um, like I totally feel at home with while you're talking about these and explaining them because, um, you know, when Wookiees part of the show and they start talking about development stuff and triangles and all that, like I'm just as lost as I normally am, and that's good. That's where I'm comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's nice. Pretty... Hey, it's good to do uncomfortable things. That's how you stay comfortable all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Get used to being uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, maybe we need to do a part two at some point or something like that, um, and maybe uh, bring John on so that Wookie can yeah. ask him some questions from the more like development side of things. Um, John's not a developer, but he's he's definitely better versed in uh, talking about the details than I am. Um, so I think that might be helpful for your viewers if they have an interest in it. Yeah. Um, other than that, I can uh, actually work up a document for you for all the links and stuff to some cool projects to check out and. Um, the white paper and stuff like that so that people can track things down if they're listening to the conversation, if that works for you. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely put that in the show notes, <clears throat> both the audio and video of the of the episode, so that'd be cool. Okay, sweet. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I actually skipped dinner uh, to be here, so I'm going to go <laughs> eat something. Yeah, no um, problem. Thanks for, for showing up and working through the struggles you had, and uh, glad we got to chat. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um, it really was an honor. I, I feel really honored to be invited on your show, and um, you're actually a really big figure in the VR community to me. Um, I don't know if you feel that or not. Um, I, I do not. <laughs> I, like, I, I like your content, and I like your development-style approach to the whole conversation instead of the like promo-style approach. I definitely prefer actually digging into the content. So oh, thanks. thank you for doing what you do. Yeah. Um, My big thing is with, with yeah. developers, like, like I'm a gamer by far. Like I've, I'm 40 some years old. I don't even know how old I am, but I've been playing games my entire life. And you know, you start talking to these people, and you realize how much work and time and blood and sweat and like that everything they put into it. And you know, it's kind of changed over the years. But you know, last couple of years, it just seems like with uh, social media and all that, it's just like all they get is negativity. It seems to me, and I'm just trying to like show like. Yeah. people how much crap really goes into these games to where you, you know some people play a game for five minutes and they're just complaining it's like you've only been in there five minutes come on like that that took three years of yeah. someone's life like you have no idea so i'm just trying to i find that super interesting and and ballsy like these solo dev teams so, are just like putting their lives into things that two people are so gonna see we actually have a joke <laughs> that we make on a regular basis where like so we, we play this game all the time. So if we're in this game and we just like hit an awful shot or something, devs is what we scream. <laughs> like, because to us, it's like, we know that people actually say that. It's an ironic statement, right? It's like, devs, why don't you do something about this? It's like the devs sitting there going, dude, you just suck at this game. Like, yeah. like that's all that, that's exclusively what happened is you're horrible. It's got nothing to do with the development yeah. at all. Yeah, it's just you hear the passion when they talk about what they do, and that's what I really like to hear and see because um, in the real world, you know, at least in my real world, like outside of my loved ones, like I don't see passion. I just see nonsense. <laughs> so I like to, to get, you know, yeah. for I love gaming, so I love to hear people talk about it that are passionate about it is the big thing. So. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, I hope you have something planned to eat. Um, thanks for your time. We'll definitely do a part two. Um, you can bring John and, and hear some of the other side of things, and uh, I'll have more questions. <laughs> Sweet. Sounds good. Yeah, D-Y-O-R, everybody. Uh, everybody go and follow me, at StylePigeon on Twitter, too. Again, links will be in the show notes. Thanks, man. It was great chatting. Do it again. No problem. Have a good evening. <laughs> you too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. How do we get out of here? <laughs>